father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Precious. The Lord of the Rings is Star Wars Encyclopedia Podcast for Waste Time Fictional Wikis. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joanna. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Breaking news. What, what? Breaking news. We're back from Japan. Yeah, breaking news. We went on vacation and it was great. Yeah, we, uh, sorry about that. We said we'd be gone a couple weeks and we were gone for like a month, so. Wish you guys could have been there, but realistically, we couldn't buy tickets for all of you. Well, actually. <laughs> we couldn't buy tickets for ourselves, honestly. Yeah, we really couldn't afford to buy tickets for ourselves. We couldn't afford any of it. We're broke. Now, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are popping off in Japan. It's the hotness. I think we actually did bring some equipment with the intention that we could record something in Japan. But the only Lord of the Rings or Star Wars things we found were... um, I found a 118th scale model of the Balrog for sale. That's pretty cool. We also found Jar Jar Binks. We found a scale model, one-to-one scale... Jar Jar Binks replica in a toy store, and I got a picture with him, no. and I was so happy to see my boy. Now, this is how keen Ryan's Jar Jar senses are. It was literally on the second floor of a, st- a shop, partially hidden from mm-hmm, view mm-hmm, by, mm-hmm. like, a shelf, mm-hmm. and like, I couldn't even see it. We had to get into the store before I could actually see the damn thing. Yeah, big shout out to the Jar Jar in Nagoya in a toy store. Love you, big guy. I don't. Moi moi. I love you. But we're back now. I'm sure things happened while we were gone as far as Star Wars and Lord of the Rings news. I mean, like, I could I saw they, ca- I thought, I saw they cast an elf. I mean, that's that's something, right? We don't know that she's an elf. We oh. don't know what she is she yet. Ca- cast a lady. They cast a lady. She's a blonde woman. Australian yeah. actor, uh, actress. I'll talk more about the actors and actresses, I think, once we get more of them. I mean, like, thing is... I don't necessarily care that much about actors and actresses. Yeah, okay. All the acting in the world isn't going to save it if it, you know, decides to do a last two seasons of Game of Thrones on us. So What? Those were the best ones. Now, I think it's important, though. I think the, the news has an important implication to it. And that is that this new Lord of the Rings show will have actors. Yeah, it's, it's not just going to be a, a puppet show performance. Or a guy of- playing old-timey organ music while... Pantomiming? Pantomiming. It's not going to be uh, a slideshow. We have to turn the tape over at one point. No, it's, it's going to actors. It's not going to. It's not going to be um go animate animation. Yeah, yeah. That's news. Yeah. Star Wars news. There's stuff happened. There's lots of like rumors flying around, but I don't report on rumors. I report on facts. Yeah. There's some Star Whatever. Wars news. There's a big leak about Sith troopers or something. I don't. I don't want to know, guys. I want to be surprised when I see the episode 9. Um, Disney Plus talked about things that will be on their service. All the Star Wars movies and TV shows will be on it. Plus a few new ones like The Mandalorian and a prequel series about, uh, uh, what's his name? Cassian from Rogue One. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and K2SO. Okay. A prequel series about them. Now, when is Disney Plus coming out? November. And is it going to have nine Star Wars shows or is it ten? Well, it's going to have the movies. It's going to all the movies. Mm-hmm. Except for, it turns out, The Last Jedi and Rogue One are still working out their Netflix contract. Okay. When they're out, they're going to go over to Disney Plus for eternity. Um, they're going to have all the Clone Wars. They're going to have all the Rebels. They're going to have Resistance. They're going to have the Mandalorian, which is already done. The Cashin one's still filming. And whatever else they decide to plop down. But it's going to have... It's bonkers. Because, like, Disney obviously owns... Like all of everything now. Yeah. And so it's going to have 
It's going to have Star Wars. It's going to have all the old Disney movies. It's going to have the Fox properties I bought, like The Simpsons. It's going to have, like, all this on one service, and it's cool, but also also bad. So You know what would be, like, really funny? What? Is if, like... They got the rights off Amazon for all the Star Wars movies except like A New Hope. A New Hope. Ooh. So like, if you wanted to watch A New Hope, you had to you had to watch Netflix. Yeah, that'd be funny. But then they didn't actually put it on there. You started it up, and it was just like a troll face. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! And they're Rickrolled when you start playing it. Oh. <laughs> and troll low guy showed up, and it was like, what? What's he doing there? Okay, we're able to get the rights to New Hope, but only the CGI editions from the special editions. So you're going to see the Ronto rearing up. You're going to see Jabba the Hutt. Oh my god. Real Star Wars fans will riot. No, they're going to... It's all, it's all we got, guys. Please, please, please. Disney Plus, please buy it. What if it was What if it was this? What if it was New Hope and it was like shot for shot, word for word? Yeah. But it was just like random guys in the Netflix office like reenacting it and they never acknowledged it. And anytime <laughs> somebody brought it up, they just like gaslit them and to believing they were no, crazy. No, this and... is the one that came out in the 70s, right? Yeah. This is the one. Yeah. Nope, that's not that's not Greg from accounting. No, no, no. That that's Obi-Wan. Shut up. But that's a month worth of news for <gasps> you right now. They replaced them all with the actors from a Christmas Prince. I'd watch that though. I would watch the hell out of that. Actually they just replaced it with a Christmas Prince. But that's a month's worth of news for you right there. But we're not here for that. We're here to learn. We're here to be educated. We're here to go through the encyclopodcast we call What's Lightsaber's Precious. And Joanna, what what are you cracking open your encyclopedia to today? Well, Ryan, today I want to talk about the reactions that Tolkien's work has garnered over the years. Girls online really like it. Yeah, okay, so apart from all the people wringing their hands over Figwit on message boards from, like, 2002, yeah, um, I want to talk about one very specific type of reaction to Lord of the Rings. But before we get there, I have to tell you, Ryan, yeah, that believe it or not, critical reception of Lord of the Rings has always been pretty mixed. It was not always the the hit franchise it is today. No, I mean there were people who loved it, and there were people who called you gay because you thought the Balrog had wings. Yikes! Always, always, always a mixed bag. Always a mixed bag. No, well, upon its initial release, the novel was praised as quote among the greatest works of imaginative fiction of the 20th century by the Sunday Telegraph. Good, that's a nice description. That's and uh, quote, one of the few works of genius in modern literature by the New Republic. Hot damn, that's good. Mm-hmm. Others were not quite so effusive. Critic Richard Jenkins called it, quote, anemic and lacking in fiber. Oof. Oof. Um, another critic, Judith Shulevitz, called it, quote, death to literature itself. Ooh, go off, queen. Ooh. Meanwhile, Tolkien's own friend and fellow member of his writer's circle, Hugo Dyson, is quoted as saying, quote, oh, God, no more elves. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, so. This is a friend. Yes, yeah, so in the case of the three critics okay, mentioned okay. above. Okay, okay, real quick, yes. though. Okay. I feel like that last guy, if he's friends with Tolkien, he's been hearing about these elves for, like, decades at this point. I mean, Tolkien would read it at the writer's circle, and can you imagine how many weeks that must have oh, taken? My God. And all the revisions he did. Can you imagine as he was reading the Tom Bombadil parts? Oh, no. Can you imagine having to smile and act happy for him? Be like, that's great, JR. Wow. Yeah. This, this story's really cooking now. Just like all the times you went back. Actually, I rewrote it. I changed this bit at the beginning. So we're going to start from the start. Oh my God. Once I can't upon wait a time, to hear elves. The fifth iteration of this poem of Bingo Baggins. Of Bingo Bulger Baggins. Ba- Gee whiz. I mean, like. C.S. Lewis loved it, though, so I'm imagining, like, Dyson is on the couch being like, Oh, God, please, no more. more. And C.S. Lewis is like, shut up. J.R. don't listen to him. We all love it. We all love it. It's really good. Thank you, C.S. I love your talking animals as well. Allow me to continue. Bingo lived in a hole. 
there was an elf there. Dyson's like, oh, no. God. So in the case of these critics, uh, Dyson included, they were objecting to the book on purely literary grounds. Like, basically, they thought the story was poop garbage from a butt. I mean, come on, guys. Other people, though, had more ideological objections. Okay. Science fiction writer David Brin criticized the traditionalist worldview the book seemed to promulgate, calling mm-hmm. it, quote, backward looking. And Marxists thought Saruman was supposed to be an allegory of Soviet Russia, and that Tolkien himself was a neo-fascist. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I don't know how you could get that read, but... Oh, well, I mean, like, I can kind of kind of see it, I guess. It's I don't a, know. It's a bit much. Uh, despite all these criticisms, though, Lord of the Rings was popular right from the get-go, and enjoys a devoted following today. Like Jar Jar Binks, if he was popular, or had a following, or didn't suck. I would remind you of the summer of 1999 when he appeared on a number of Mountain Dew packages and kids had his toys and they were sucking on lollipop shaped like his tongue. Just because his image has been exploited by the machinery of capitalism doesn't mean he has a follower. So the thing is, even as a lifelong Lord of the Rings fan, I can always sort of see where the critics are coming from. Yeah. Uh, even though I don't necessarily agree. So yeah. Tolkien's prose can be quite ponderous. There are plenty of characters who aren't fleshed out and his political beliefs... I mean, the guy prized a monarchical government while simultaneously wanting to burn down power stations. Yeah. So he's a mixed yeah. bag for sure. I mean, like, burning down power stations is cool, don't get me wrong. But It's called the duality of man joining. It is. Yeah, all encapsulated in one fusty old dude. But there's one brand of anti-Tolkien criticism that I'll never be able to relate to, uh, simply because the people leveling it live in a world I can't begin to fathom. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about people who think Lord of the Rings is satanic. But it is. Oh, is it? Is it, Ryan? I done seen that film. I turned it off as soon as I saw that devil guy on the bridge. (laughs) Sorry, which devil guy? Talking about that big fella with the whip. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... And plus, before that, there was all kinds of black magics going on. They weren't black in the films, but you saw them turning a river into dumb horses. You saw saw an old man turn all scary in a room. But, Ryan... That's nothing but dark magic, baby. Okay, I can't... The Bilbo thing was, yeah, 100% dark-sided. But couldn't the river thing, the Arwen's river magic, wouldn't that be considered white magic? Just because the river might be white water rapids doesn't make it dark magic. Yeah, nothing to do with Jesus. Well, uh, you, you see, you're trying to be satirical right now, but I'm afraid it doesn't go quite far enough because we live in America and people voice beliefs at least... That ridiculous? No, okay, so. well, tell me On about... On a regular basis. I don't believe you. Tell me well, more. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> We're going to get into some territory here. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into some territory. Lord of the Rings is the 40th book on the American Library Association's banned book list. What's oh, banned? Well, it has been banned. Oh, oh okay. You know, when, when when we talk about a book getting banned, it's not a nationwide thing. Like right. The president doesn't get on the radio, have a fireside chat, and be like, and now we need to ban where the red fern grows. No, it's usually a school district by school district thing. Sure. Uh, Both Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit have been banned by many school districts, primarily in America, because of course it's primarily in America. Of course. And actually a ban has been recommended in England too, but it's not because of Satan. It's because of smoking. What? The (laughs) Because they do smoke a lot of pipe weed and stuff, right? The Plymouth Stop Smoking Service snappily named, states that 40% of school-aged children have admitted to smoking regularly and that they are more likely to do so if they see Gandalf and Bilbo doing it. It does look fun when they do it. Quote, the, well, I know, you like make a sh- like a ship, like make a whole ship yeah, out of smoke rings and make your friend look like a goddamn fool? What's not fun about that? Screw Joe Camel, put Gandalf on the pack of smokes, man. Now, 
I don't want to imagine a version of Lord of the Rings that doesn't have Merry and Pippin getting baked as hell at Isengard, but according to Plymouth Stop Smoking Service, the aim is not to stop children from watching otherwise enjoyable films, but to pressure filmmakers not to include any smoking scenes. So they're banning the movie, not the books. Yeah, it sounds like, although like smoking is also mentioned in the books quite liberally. So are there any places in the U.S. where it is still banned? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head because I don't know that there's any like comprehensive catalog of every school district in the U.S. and what books it's banned. Oh, there's got it's the internet. There's got to be. Well, I can tell you that the most common reason to ban Lord of the Rings stateside are religious. Okay. Uh, this, despite the fact that Tolkien was a devoted Catholic and was instrumental in converting his friend C.S. Lewis to Christianity. Really? Uh, okay. Tolkien himself once wrote to Lewis that Lord of the Rings was a quote fundamentally religious and Christian work, unconsciously so at first, but consciously in revision like the book literally has its wisest and most trusted character dying get resurrected in a white robe but okay it's satanic that's um, what they want you to think they put all the, the christ-like symbolism in there when they're just trying to lead you to path of sight again you are attempting to be satirical but for something to be satirical it has to be far more ridiculous than the actual facts of the case and uh, I'm, I'm just the saying actual facts of the case are pretty damn ridiculous i'm just saying one of the most recent and highly publicized incidents involving the banning of lord of the rings happened about 20 years back in alamogordo new mexico which oh. alamogordo sounds like it means fat Alamo or something like that. I mean, that. it does, but it's also where they tested all the nuclear bombs. El Alamo Gordo, is it? Yeah. I didn't. You knew that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so maybe that explains it. All the nuclear testing. There's, there's probably crap in the water that makes people crazy Okay, down there. maybe that explains a thing or two, because a local group, and it doesn't say in the article I found what local group, but I'm going to guess they're the same people who petitioned to get the Simpsons taken off TV. Yeah, okay. Actually burned a huge heap of copies of Lord of the Rings outside the Christ Community Church. Oh, that's not a good look, in guys. In 2001. And this is because the books were satanic and promoted witchcraft. Now, we don't necessarily want to use New Mexico as our primary representative example because this is the state that burned five people alive in 1877 on suspicion of being Satanists. In fact, can you guess when the last time New Mexicans burned someone at the stake was? I'm going to say yesterday. (laughs) 1931. That is still way too late. In terms of the grand scope of history, that's practically yesterday. Yeah, they burned a woman at the stake in 1931, not even a century ago. So that's like kind of a a, a state... it's not about the religious aspect. It's about the heritage. It's about about New Mexico. The heritage of burning people. The burning, stake. burning things. Their it's, state flag is literally just a woman engulfed in flames. Now we ain't allowed to burn people no more, but we burn them books. They sure do. They sure do. Also, I think I got I got like a another little hand growing off my side. Some of this green water we're drinking. That's what you get for living in fat Alamo, New Mexico. There you go. Yeah. So let's take a look outside New Mexico because obviously they're crazy. Yeah. Uh, apparently it's a bonker state unbeknownst to me. I believe that. Time. Yeah. 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 Now for some other examples of anti-Lord of the Rings sentiment, uh, let's look at a blog of uh, Eric Barger's Take a Stand Ministries. That's TAKE A STAND in all caps with an exclamation point printed in 90s era Microsoft Word art. Now, this is a guy who I feel I could follow because he's got a message. Well, he's taking a stand. He's taking a stand. And for those of us who can't, I'm glad he's doing it. 
Now, what he is saying is uh, those wishing to be consistent with scripture should completely abstain from endorsing, reading the books, or watching the motion picture adaptations of Lord of the Rings. Well, but I mean, uh, what about, uh, that's uh, only uh, if you want to be consistent with scripture. But what about Hobbit? He didn't say anything about TV shows. He didn't. You can watch Hobbit all day and night. We found the loophole. We did. We found the loophole. <laughs> if you want to enjoy Tolkien's universe, you are confined exclusively to 1980s miniseries Hobbit. Hit. The finished miniseries. Finished miniseries, and, and you're not allowed to watch it with subtitles. No, because <laughs> then you'll be able to understand all the witchcraft. No, I mean, what he's saying, it's actually a pretty moderate message. Like, you can totally read Lord of the Rings if you don't care about the Bible, the little recorded word of God, our Father in Heaven. And you don't care if like, you don't care about the Bible. What's that say about you? You don't have to refrain from watching the movies. It's only if you don't hate Jesus. Like, I mean, no choice. pressure or anything, guys. No like, pressure. Like, honestly, you can watch all you want, but say, Jesus is gonna hate you. I mean, no big deal. No big but. deal or anything. I mean, obviously, you hate him, so yeah. I mean, it's mutual then. Now, Eric Bardrup, take a stand. Ministries Take a stand. continues, quote, I surmise that the Lord of the Rings became so widely accepted in the Christian community merely because Tolkien claimed Christianity, parentheses, Catholicism, as his religion, and because some persist in seeing the story as a failed Christian allegory. While I readily agree that Tolkien's heroes live by noble standards when compared to Harry Potter and his gang, <laughs> allegories, a lot of these and Lord of the Rings, gang. a lot of these Lord of the Rings articles, yeah, first of all, they make it seem like, like Harry is the leader of an inner city gang. Second of all, they make it seem like, um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are, like, having blood sacrifices on the daily. Like, they're always, like, the best praising of Lord of the Rings is, at least it's not as, um, demonic as Harry Potter. Jeez, okay. Yeah. Uh, allegories, even biblically correct ones, are of little consequence in a culture such as ours. Also, if the allegory approach really worked evangelistically, which is apparently a word, then doesn't it stand to reason that the masses would now be clamoring after Christ due to the success of the Rings movies? Parentheses, regardless of Mel Gibson's personal religious beliefs, contrast that with the thousands that have come to Christ because of the boldness of the passion of the Christ explanation point. Compare them. Like, I, I don't can't think, because I don't think it's true. I don't think that happened. Can you did, imagine watching that movie? thousands come to Christ? Really? Can you imagine anyone who, like, didn't believe in Christianity That's to watch the movie and be thing. like, I want to go to church Can now. You, no, no. Can you imagine anyone who didn't believe in Christianity, period, watching that movie? No, not really. Why would you sit through that torture porn if you didn't already have an invested interest in the message? I just like it for the artistic value. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the only people who saw Passion of the Christ were, like, Christian. Of or, course, or, yeah. Or perverts, maybe, but pretty damn Christian. So, yeah, but it's thousands, What's Ryan. What's the difference? <laughs> it's thousands, according to Take a Stand! I mean, I think he's taking a stand. He, a, pretty, a pretty hard stand. Yeah. Now, now, by the way, did it seem strange to you that Barger put Catholicism in parentheses after the word Christianity in the preceding passage? Like, I did notice that. Why did he feel the need to specify? Because it's basically a separate religion if you're a Protestant. Well, say, yeah, of course. It's because Catholics are the worst kind of Christian. They're not even real Christians. They, so, they take part in, in idol worship and... and, and they collect bits of saints' bones and huff them. Yeah, they're basically pagan. Like, the reason Tolkien felt okay with putting magic in his book is that Catholics don't care about biblical truth and spout all kinds of crazy bullshit. Not like us cool-headed and rational Protestants who understand that what God really wants is for us to work a million hours a day until we die. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
You cannot trust a religion that doesn't make you work yourself to death while never having sex. You know what I call that? What? Taking a stand. Take a stand. So Barger's blog post goes on at some length, but he sums up his viewpoint thusly and in all caps. Plus, how can God bless us, our homes and our churches, if we persist in being entertained by images, stories, movies, or anything else that represent the pagan world in a positive light? The answer is that he can't. Ooh. Now, um, you got fired up there. I, I have to pick a bone here, Barger. Um, God can do anything. Yeah, Hello? Dude. Hello? Like, if he doesn't bless us because we watched a fantasy movie about elves, I'm pretty sure that's his choice. Um, who doesn't understand biblical truth now? Face. I mean, hey, how, how's this for a, for, a, for a query for you, Mr. Take a Stand? Could God make a book so satanic even he couldn't read it? <laughs> yeah, just could God make a book? Could God make a movie so full of evil magics that even he went to hell after watching it? That's the question, buddy. That's the question. Sit on that. <laughs> Go ahead. Let that simmer. Take a stand on that. Take a stand. Actually, Level. take a seat. Take on a that. seat because you're a child predator. <laughs> <laughs> I have no evidence to back this that up. This is an accurate portrayal of the man we're talking about. I have he no is idea a what child Eric predator. Barger. I have no and, idea. And Eric Barger is a child predator. Right. <laughs> I don't know Eric Barger. I don't know anything about him. He except is definitely a child predator. Right, so. And we are. We need to call the police. It should be stated that the vast majority of Christians, both within and without the United States, see no issue with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. For example, Stuart Whitlow, a youth pastor at First Baptist Church of Homa, is quoted as saying, I would definitely encourage my youth group to see the movie. I think the closeness of the people, the friendships, and the fact that they worked together and stood by each other in those types of things, that's definitely positive. Now, he sounds like a cool youth pastor. He sounds like the kind who would, like, sit on a chair backwards be like, let's rap about Jesus. And he's also on a skateboard. Yeah. And he would definitely play that, um... Oh, what is it called? The, I was thinking the other day, what if cartoons got saved? And they're like, man, this guy's awesome. Yabba dabba do ya. I believe in Jesus more than ever because this guy. Now, the Christian Research Institute, meanwhile, states, quote, the well-intentioned but perhaps misguided attempts by some evangelical Christians to repudiate Harry Potter and or the Lord of the Rings instead confuse the general public. Mm. What's next? Will Christians sponsor a book-burning party for the Wizard of Oz books because of their inclusion of good witches? Christians can appear at best silly and at worst ignorantly prejudiced, more like totalitarian Orwellianism than biblical Christianity. Yeah, good point. Now, as a side note, in 1957, the director of Detroit's libraries banned the Wizard of Oz for having no value for children of his day, for supporting negativism, and for bringing children's minds to a cowardly level. No, that's the lion. That's not kids. Yeah, he's the only cowardly character. I'm sorry. If you if you tally up all the characters in the Wizard of Oz, there's only one cowardly, and cowardly's right in his name. And by the end, he he becomes courageous. So, so. I mean, suck on that, director of Detroit's libraries in 1957. <laughs> that sucks. I know. So, I love how they tried to pick like a ridiculous example, but it it, it was true. It was 100 percent true. It's kind of like how you keep failing at satire because oh. it's all just true. Yeah. Okay, so in closing, I would like to read an absolutely stunning article that I found online. Um, it was published by an organization called Last Trumpet Ministries, probably because they used to have a bunch of trumpets and then everybody stole them except for one. Now, do they have it, uh, like the Trump part of their name, like capitalized okay, this and red, white, and blue oh, now? God, no. This article was written, I believe, around 2004. I'm just saying, if they're still around, they probably should do that. They probably should. That's a really should. good rebranding for them. They probably should. They probably should. They should probably get on that train before yeah. it leaves the station. This article is called, quote, A Former Witch Looks at Lord of the Rings. And I have to read practically the whole thing because it's really goddamn funny. Now, this is a real chilling tale. I mean, I feel like this is going to be real insight from a former pagan, now turned to Christ, right? 
I mean, now turn to Christ. She was saved by Jesus. So she's going to give us the real stuff. Yeah. The real dirt. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm ready. I really love this article. Okay, Okay, here it goes. I really love this article. Let's hear from this this beautiful sister and her, her journey. Something very strange is going on in the United States, and the spirits that are hard at work are now bringing forth a power that is designated to captivate the entire world. Shortly after the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City fell to the ground and drastically changed our nation forever... A new series of movies began to draw millions of people to the movie theaters. I'm standing up and saluting right now. By including them in the same sentence, she's drawing a tacit connection between Lord of the Rings and the 9-11 attacks. Well... But I'm not sure what it is. You watch Lord of the Rings, you're letting the terrorist win. I guess. So standing above and apart from the many fantasy movies and books is a trilogy or series of three. Thank you for defining what a trilogy is. Tell me more. Called The Lord of the Rings. This series was written by the late J.R.R. Tolkien and was first published in book form in the early 1950s. During the rock music revolution of the 1960s, the Lord of the Rings trilogy caught on and over 100 million of these books were sold. These books greatly fueled the spiritual revolution and opened the door for witchcraft to seize upon our world. Mm-hmm. Sounds, yeah, all checks out. All of this is being done to prepare the way for a new world order in a new Aquarian age. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, that's, right. where, that's where we're living no right now. No objections to that whatsoever. I mean, we're there already. No it's... objections to connecting Lord of the Rings not only to 9-11, but also to rock music. And the age of Aquarius, and the baby. the age of Aquarius. Now, here she gets into her backstory. I was once a witch and was very much a part of the world that J.R.R. Tolkien reveals in his Lord of the Rings trilogy. In the 1960s, I I practiced astrology, palmistry, and numerology, among other devices of the craft. So she read her damn horoscope. Good. I was graciously and mercifully saved out of witchcraft by the Lord Jesus, and I am now spending my life in a mission of exposing occultism and its forces of darkness. I am thus writing this message with a great urgency, for I can spot witchcraft in a moment, and I recognize it well. Yeah. She can spot it in a moment because she used to read palms, all right? She used to, like, look at people's heart lines and tell them, like, when they were going to die. Listen. And so yeah. she knows what witchcraft is. I had pewter dragons on my shelf. I can recognize this stuff. <laughs> She has a little bird bath outside her house that she got at her Renaissance festival that has fairies glued to it, okay? She knows her shit. I know my fantasy. She knows her Satan, shit. Satanism, yeah. Now, I am always amazed when I hear ministries such as Chuck Colson focus on the family and the assemblies of God defend such works as Harry Potter, the Lord of the Rings, and the Narnia Chronicles. Um, no, it's the Chronicles of Narnia, but whatever. No, hang on, hang on. Basic focus on the family. Which... James Dobson is really against Harry Potter. Um, he was, wasn't he? Maybe, I don't, I don't think know. he came out against Lord of the Rings. So but... she might be entirely wrong. She might have uh, gotten the organization name wrong, or maybe this was, uh, let's see, uh, after James Dobson, like, handed off the torch to someone else. I don't know. But if it's the James Dobson, I know. The James Dobsons whose little pamphlets were, like, inside the church bulletins every Sunday at my church. Yeah, yeah. He would not like Harry Potter. He, no, he came would out against find it. it perverted and gay. No, he was very publicly out against it. I remember him being one of the voices uh, that was most loud about that. Yes, so. yeah. Yeah. Was he also one of the guys who's, like, all annoyed that this... <laughs> That sometimes SpongeBob SquarePants was in his underwear. Probably, you probably thought him and Patrick were gay. Because was... I definitely remember that being a thing around high school at our church. Yeah, James like... Dobson sucks, dude. I don't know. Let's continue. Let's, okay, let's, all right. Let's so... hear about more of this witch vision all she right. has. So I am amazed because they say the same things that initiated coven witches are saying, which is that good triumphs over evil. Only initiated coven witches say that. Good triumphs. Literally, over no one else has ever said good triumphs over evil. It's a really new concept. It's I haven't really heard of very it before. New. It is a very witchy sort of concept. It should have like a book that has that as like the plot. You know? Yeah. No. Um. Because that would mean that a coven witch wrote it. 
Only coven witches. So like that. Joseph Campbell and like every story ever written. Joseph Campbell like, was a coven witch. Oh, duh. oh, that makes sense. Jesus now. Christ, Ryan. Oh my gosh. Okay. It is all witchcraft, and the good that these professing Christians are defending is witchcraft as forbidden in Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verses nine through fourteen. As a former witch, I was horrified and outraged to find focus on the family was promoting a book as announced in the December two thousand one issue of their magazine. Here's where the focus of the family okay, okay. comes in. The book being promoted is titled Finding God in Lord of the Rings. The asking price was $13. And listen, it's just a single page that says, look on page 400 of the two towers. He's right there. He's right there. I found God. I circled it for you. I circled it. Literally just. What a ripoff. What a ripoff. The number 13, Ryan. This is why she's making such a big deal. Uh, The $13. The number 13 is the coven number in the occult. It's also a very unlucky floor. It's also a bad Friday. But mostly it's the coven number. It's also a baker's dozen. Now, thus, these so-called Christian ministries are making witches their evangelists and using witchcraft materials in their Sunday schools. Soon, they will find their children are in the craft as good little Christian witches. Mm Mm-hmm, yes. The Lord of the Rings trilogy was the work of John Ronald Ray Rule Tolkien, who did his writing... During the midnight hours. When witches write. <laughs> the, we call those the witching writing hours. No, wait, it gets worse. Okay. Not only did he write during the witching hours, he worked for 12 years and released his story in the 13th year. He did that on purpose. He said, I could bring it out year 12, but no, no, no. I'm I need wait. to use the coven number in the occult. Then all my all my little Satan babies out there be like, ah, J.R.R., my man. I also need to reference that Disney movie where a boy turned into a merman. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a Satanist movie, though. That is a very Satanist movie. Yeah. You mean Cody's a merman? No, he's a Satanist. He's, 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 a, he's a devil worshiper. He's a devil worshiper. Now, Tolkien became known as the, quote, master of the Middle Earth. This was a land inhabited by hobbits elves, mortal men, wizards, dwarves, and orcs, or grotesque goblins. The hero of the story is a hobbit or halfling only three and a half feet tall named Frodo Baggins. Frodo has pointed ears and furry feet and carries a cursed object. He sounds like a satyr or some kind of little imp of a demon. I like, yeah, they seem like they're making a big deal out of the fact that he's short and has hairy feet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They're like humans walking among us, some of them Christian, that are short and have hairy feet. Hello, he'd have hooves if he was a satyr. Hello, right? The cursed object is a golden ring invested with terrible powers that must be destroyed by casting it into a fiery abyss at a great distance. (laughs) So like he has to throw the ring really far? (laughs) Not to pick on her phrasing, but she makes it sound like Frodo is like slam dunking the ring at Mount Doom from across the continent. Yo, Mount Doom, go long! He's like, from the Shire, throw a three-pointer. Kobe! Kobe! Boom shakalaka, he's on fire! That's bad writing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite paragraph. Are you All right. Ready? Yeah. Just, just bear with me. If Frodo would fail, the ring would fall into the hands of an evil wizard called Sauron. Sauron is not a wizard. And the entire world would pass into eternal darkness under the Dark Lord. Sauron's world is a land of shadows called Mordor. The ring has an inscription on it, which is written a message in the witchcraft language of runes. No, it's not, though. It's not. It's written in Tengwar. That is not a witchcraft language of runes. It is not runes. I mean, there are literal runes in Lord of the Rings. It's what, like, the dwarves write in, right? Yes, like, yes, Moon yes, runes and stuff. Yes. We must remember that these runes are real and are used in the occult. So you heard it here first. Um, real-life Satanists are using Tengwar. I don't think this witch is... Very cursed. ...washed or read this. I don't know. Now wait for it. As I now reveal the meaning of the runes... Okay, please. Please bear in mind that President George W. Bush wears an exact replica of this ring. I have an enlarged picture to prove it. You're telling me that W. was wearing the one ring. I 
the whole time he was in office. You know what's even funnier is I know what she's talking about because around this time there was this really shitty early meme going around that had a George W. Bush with his hands folded in front of him and a supposed enlargement of his hand. Now it's just a wedding ring, right? Yeah. But somebody photoshopped it to like um, put the. Like the um, Elvish script. The Elvish script on oh, there, like the one that's ring funny, that, that, one ring to find them. And it was like, oh, the war is lost. Bush has the ring. That's funny. And it was yeah. like this, like, screw you, Bush. Kind yeah, of rock against This Bush, woman maybe. saw that and is now saying she has an enlarged picture to prove that President George W. Bush was an exact replica of the ring from Lord of the Rings. Why are people so dumb, Joanna? <laughs> now wait for it. So I want you to keep, as I read this next part, I want you to keep in mind she thinks George W. Bush is wearing this on his finger. Well, first of all, he'd be invisible. So I know, so <laughs> jot that. Down. The runes on the ring are interpreted as follows one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. And George W. Bush is wearing that on his finger! His actual damn finger, Ryan! Oh my god, it's it's all coming together. He did 9-11, which made Lord of the Rings popular. And he was wearing the ring. He was wearing the ring. That gave him the power to do 9-11. Um, it wasn't a controlled demolition. He literally just walked up to the building and punched it with his fist. And it fell down. And the day the after, ring. Lord of the Ring franchise and all the people of Satan. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Bush did 9-11 and Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. All right, ready? Yeah. I can say most assuredly that the Lord of the Rings trilogy comes from the pits of hell. Okay, yeah. And it is a clever instructional course in witchcraft designed as fantasy and entertainment. Um, Lord of the Rings did not teach me how to do witchcraft. I wish. I wish it had taught me, like, how Gandalf could speak to moths. That's pretty cool, or, yeah. like, how um, uh, Galadriel could make people trip balls when they look into a bird bath. I wish it had taught me that, but it didn't. It just taught you lots of poems. Yeah, mostly just poems. Mostly just very long Or long were poems. they eldritch enchanted incantations the fairest fireworks ever seen that bursts in reds blues and greens that is eldritch yeah you just summoned a devil that is very eldritch oh he's standing right there yeah oh my god go home go home get out we've seen jar jar you think we're scared of you you're nothing (laughs) you're nothing get your bitch ass out of here uh part one of lord of the rings was released in movie form on december 19th 2001 shortly after the two towers of the world trade center came down again it's all coming together like again i feel like she's trying to imply something and i think it's exactly what we said i don't see what else it could possibly be is that Bush did 9-11 because of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. It was called The Fellowship of the Ring. Part two was called The Two Towers. Now, not to nitpick, but if you really wanted, like, some witchcraft slash marketing synergy, wouldn't you make The Two Towers come out yeah. right after the World Trade Center came down? Yeah. Wouldn't you shift it all a year forward? You probably would. You probably would. You probably would if you knew anything. But, you know, Bush sucks at marketing. So it was released December 18th, 2002. Part three is named The Return of the King and was released December 17th, 2003 and is breaking all records for ticket sales. All three movies were released at the time of the Witchcraft Sabbath of Yule. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So they all came out in, like, December. For, like, they all came out in December? For, like, Christmas. Because of Yule. Okay, yeah. Because of Yule and also because of 9-11. Both at once. Wow. It is my prayer as a preacher of the true gospel that Christians will come fully awake. We do not find the saving gospel in the Middle Earth with wizards, hobbits, and elves. We find the gospel only in the Bible and through the blood of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What's this lady's name? I I don't know, but it's called lasttrumpetministries.org. I mean, I loved that. It was a tour de force. I I had a blog for a while. One of my favorite things to do on my blog was to like look up these kind of fringe religious nutbags who thought everything was like Satanism. Yeah. Like that was one of my favorite things. They were reliably hilarious. And this is like a classic of the genre as far as I'm concerned. 
Now, I found the article. There's no author listed. How much do you think that she's not a real person? Well, go down. There is a link to the website at the bottom. There's a website, but there's no author name. Last Room at Ministries International. There's just a picture of a weird guy in a backpack. <laughs> He's wearing suspenders, but yeah. Oh, okay. Suspenders. <laughs> He also, he died There's in 2010. Weird... Oh, I, I would argue... This is probably not a thing anymore. I think Pastor Meyer, who's this man wearing suspenders, I think he wrote that. And just pretended to have been a former witch? Almost certainly. It's credible. It's credible. It's credible. This but don't you think it's forgivable giving what he revealed to the public I about mean, George W. Bush punching down the Twin yeah, Towers he, because of J.R.R. Tolkien? He probably had to do it under an assumed like persona just so... Because yeah, otherwise so like, he would have been taken out yeah, by the Illuminati. By, by ringwraiths. Yeah. And by that mob leader that was just killed who was part of the one world government. Yeah. Wow, Joanna. Get on that, QAnon. I'm learning. I'm learning. All right. Well, what do you have for me? Well, you kind of told me that you'd be doing a connection between Lord of the Rings and real life. So I kind of wanted to do one kind of similar. Okay. And so let me just start with a little uh, little story. So in 2001... A strange statistic popped up in the UK census data. Oh 1% of the population of the UK, that's like nearly 600,000 people, had listed their religion as Jedi. Oh. Most were probably being smartasses, but were some serious? Wikipedia has the answers. I think not. Well, in 2007, 23-year-old Daniel Jones founded the Church of Jediism with his brother Barney, believing that the 2001 UK census recognized Jediism as a religion, and that there are more Jedi than Scientologists in Britain, unquote. Okay, so his theory was that if a lot of people put Jedi on the census, it becomes an officially recognized religion by the government. This is a 23-year-old, so yeah, I think that's what he believes. Oh, uh, it sounds like something a 23-year-old would believe. It continues, though. In 2009, Daniel Jones was removed from a Tesco supermarket in Bangor, North Wales... <laughs> For refusing to remove his hood on a religious basis. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's double-sided there. Because on the one hand, that's bullshit. Because they're probably using the same rule to make people remove their hijab, which is bullshit. On the other hand, you're just like a douchebag in a hoodie inside Tesco. <laughs> like, shut up. Well, the owner was able to clarify his point. He said he, he justified Jones's ejection by saying... He hasn't been banned. Jedis are very welcome to shop in our stores, although we would ask them to remove their hoods. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and Luke Skywalker all appeared hoodless without ever going to the dark side. Right! And we are only aware of the Emperor as one who never removed his hood. Right! Right! And and when Anakin goes evil, right, in the in the third um, installment of the Star Wars series, and there's that part where there's all those stormtroopers marching up behind him, he's wearing his hood right. in that scene. You only wear your hood if you want to be sneaky and bad. There's definitely nothing in Star Wars where they're like, we can't take off our hoods. That's, no, that's, that's irreligious. Religious. Now I can... <laughs> There's a little a related story to this. Uh, in 2010, a man who described himself as a quote-unquote Star Wars follower and Jedi Knight was thrown out of a job center in South End, <laughs> Essex, for refusing to remove his hood, and later received an apology. The man said, now, now this guy, I imagine he's kind of like a doofus, so I'm going to do kind of like a, a little cockney, a little bit of like an under, sort of like a lower class British accent here. Well, it's the kind of classes, but okay. The main reason is that I want to wear my hood up, and I've got a religion that allows me to do that. <laughs> all right so first was of i all, justified my accent there? i would like to say okay yes you were there's a few things i would like to say about that first of all there's a big difference between a religion allowing you to do that and a religion mandating that you must do that so right. like i mean i know that's semantics second of all i'm pretty sure most religions allow you to wear a hoodie <laughs> i don't see anything in christianity or any of the other major world religions that says thou shalt not wear a hoodie yep Dude, if you want to wear that hoodie, you got to convert to Jediism. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's the only religion that allows it. Now, we're, we're having a laugh here. We're kind of joking and dunking on these guys. But in 2005, 
the Temple of the Jedi Order was registered in Texas, and it was granted IRS tax exemption in 2015. Real, well, Texas, they would. Now, this is a, a actually recognized religion. Okay. They have a website called the Temple of the Jedi Order.org, and here's how they describe themselves. We are a Jedi Church and international ministry of the religion Jediism and the Jedi way of life. Jedi at this site are not the same as those portrayed within the Star Wars franchise. Star Wars Jedi are fictional characters that exist within a literary and cinematic universe. We are a recognized international ministry and public charity, a tax-exempt 501c3 nonprofit organization founded in 2005. Okay, but your religion is also fictitious because it comes from a fictitious work. No, they have an IRS determination letter. You know what I love is the fact that Texas is like so, so, so shitty to Muslims. But the moment some Star Wars nerds want to make their own religion, they're like, we'll recognize it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's a little. Cool. I mean, I guess. I hate Texas. But everything's big there, and we'd have all, yeah, the, all yeah. the best religions, except for Muslims, because they wear them hats. Um, <laughs> but the Jedi are wearing hoodies in Tesco. Hello. In England. Yeah, anyway, that's true. here's some more description of the, the Temple of the Jedi Order. The Jedi here are real people that live or lived their lives according to the principles of Jediism, the real Jedi religion or philosophy. What? Jedi followers, ministers, and leaders embrace Jediism as a real, living, breathing religion and sincerely believe in its teachings. Mm, do they? Well, you'll see. Do they? Or is it kind of like when that girl in my ninth grade English class told me that she followed the religion from Dragonlance? <laughs> She did. <laughs> she made a Or is it kind of like when your friend told you she was Shinto, but she actually just liked anime? I think it's a little bit of that, but we'll get into it. Okay. We'll- Jediism does not base its focus on myth and fiction, but on the real-life issues and philosophies that are the source of myth. Whether you want to become a Jedi, or a Jedi looking for additional training, or just interested in learning and discussing the Force, we're here for you. We believe in peace, justice, love, learning, and benevolence. It is unlikely that the Jedi way conflicts with other beliefs and religions. Those are all good things to believe in, but I feel like you can just, like, make your own religion and and not have to, like, use one from a sci-fi movie. No, they're different. They're not from the one. Those those, those ones are from a fictional... But you don't... Then don't use their name. ...in cinematic world. Don't use their name. If you want to be taken, like, <laughs> seriously as a religious movement and you claim to have no real connection to the ones in the movies anyway, then, like, don't use the name. But it's different. It sounds stupid. But... but it's different. Also, your religious movement was born from people who wanted to wear their hoodies inside Tesco. <laughs> now, this next bit is just kind of a goofy website stuff, but I thought it was funny. A Jedi at the Temple of the Jedi Order follows our doctrine, although all are welcome to register an account and participate as a guest. Register. Usernames... Conti- <laughs> this is funny. Usernames containing Master, Darth, Lord, or titles will be deleted at the community page. Uh, seven days after you register, you may submit an application to become a Temple member. Um, they have an email you can you can uh, contact them at. There's an FAQ. And there's also a smile to Amazon.com link. So you can. You can- <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty amazing that, like, to join their church, you have to get on their message board. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Here's the, here's the trick. This religion is almost entirely online. There is very little in the way of physical buildings. They don't get together except for, like, certain events. It's. And, uh,. <laughs> It's mostly internet. Isn't this kind of like if to join the Mormon church, you had to hit the Latter-day Saints up on AOL Instant Messenger? <laughs> like our yeah, Twitter yeah, page yeah, and yeah. join our religion. Yeah, you had to get in their buddy profile yeah. first. <laughs> now, I guess it's no surprise 
to me, I mean, if you think about it, when George Lucas is writing the Star Wars, he did a ton of research on religions. Pretty, like, cursory, but, you know, you remember, like, the, the Jedi Bendu and the Force of Others and all that stuff. I mean, stuff. it's, like, kind of Buddhism-like. Yeah, it's, it's Taoism Buddhism is mostly what he pulled from. So, it's, I mean, if you're... They're some, not, like, original ideas is what I'm saying, so why don't they just become Taoists or Buddhists? Yeah, and... Yeah, but... I don't fault them too much because it is based on actual, like, religious teachings right like well, yeah well, but why not just read up on those religious teachings i agree but you have to remember these are internet people okay. they don't read so don't worry they about don't it. Read. It's- now let's see how far they take it with some of their beliefs and stuff and see maybe you might agree with some of their teachings who knows maybe you want to join i probably do but i still don't think i'm gonna agree with them as human beings so but again anyway, this is on. from the uh the the temple of the jedi order.org these are what jedi believe they believe in the force and the inherent worth of all life within it in the sanctity of the human person, we oppose the use of torture or cruel and unusual punishment, including the death penalty. In a society governed by laws grounded in reason and compassion, not in fear or prejudice. In a society that does not discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or circumstances of birth, such as gender, ethnicity, and national origin. In the ethic of reciprocity and how moral concepts are not absolute, but vary by culture, religion, and over time. In the positive influence and spiritual growth of awareness in society. In the importance of freedom and conscience and self-determination within religious, political, and other structures. In the separation of religion and government, and the freedoms of speech, association, and expression. Okay, I do believe in that. Those are pretty good, right? I do believe in that. Those are pretty good. Yeah, those those are all good, but it's basically just humanism. No, it's Jediism. Okay, <laughs> it's totally new in religion. Okay, but Jedi's thing. are humans, right? Some are aliens, actually. You seen Kefisto lately? Um, but that is within the fictional context of the movies, which this is not. You think Kefisto's not real? The kid Fisto's not, honey. I'm this sorry. Did I never tell you this? Honey, Kit made up for the I already honey. joined this church. I thought I got to make Kifisto. I'm sorry, hon. I thought Kifisto. I'll get over it. Let's talk about the three tenets of Jedi belief. When used correctly, the Jedi tenets allow us to better ourselves and overcome any obstacle. They help us improve the world around us and fulfill our purpose in life as a Jedi. So there's three tenets. The first is focus. Focus is the art of pruning the irrelevant and pouring the best of your mind into what you are doing. Okay, so that's Buddhism. No, it's called focus. Okay. Knowledge. Knowledge can be acquired by focusing on the task at hand. That, again, is, like, very Buddhist. No, it's knowledge. Okay. And last tenet is wisdom. Wisdom is a sound application of accrued knowledge and experience through patient good judgment. Okay. Sure. None of that is particularly original, but it's not bad. Yeah. And I mean, like, they said in the original blurb there, it doesn't actually, you know, like, conflict with any other religious beliefs so far no and i don't think it's going to but let's keep going they have a jedi code they follow <clears throat> and it might sound familiar too because i think they 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 don't think they say it in the movie but they refer to it okay and in like in tv in the tv shows not like in, in in the clone wars they, they refer to it there's no emotion there's peace there's no ignorance there's knowledge there's no passion there's serenity there's no chaos there's harmony there's no death there is the force no, that doesn't sound familiar to me at all. No. <laughs> well, you probably know the opposite. You yeah. probably know about the, the Sith Code where it's like, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that one I know. Yeah. <laughs> that one I know. Because I'm satanic. Right. So that's the code they follow. There's also a creed. Just like when we were in catechism. Oh my god, like the Apostles' Creed. Do you remember how kids didn't want to say hell, so they tried to say H-word? Yeah. Like, he, Jesus descended into H-word. <laughs> yeah, we were raised Lutheran in a very stupid church that had us go to a, a class every every week during the school year for, for all, catechism. Of, all of middle school. That's not just our church, though. I'm pretty sure catechism is like all Catholics and Lutherans. Most of them only do it for a short period of time. Ours did it for three years to become members of the church. Yeah, but you memorize that creed, though. 
I believe in God the okay, Father okay. Almighty, Listen, Maker of heaven and earth, we're not and here in to, Jesus Christ is only Son our Lord. We're not here to talk about Jesus. We're here to talk about Jediism. Okay. Okay. Don't get distracted from the main. It's focus. not bad to have a creed. It's fine. Here's the creed: I am a Jedi, an instrument of peace. Where there is hatred, I shall bring love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. I am a Jedi. I shall never seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. The Force is with me always, for I am a Jedi. Now, it might sound familiar or kind of like, wow, that's actually pretty well written. Yeah. It's adopted from the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Oh my god! <laughs> I was gonna say! Wow, that's like surprisingly like sophisticated, compassionate. Like No, it's it's, it's Okay, so it's St. Francis of Assisi. But they stuck the Force and Jedi into it. But they, I should say it's right now. It's a nice creed. I, I should say, I'm not trying to dunk on these people. I just find it interesting. You, you're not trying to, but you are nevertheless. I'm really not trying to. I'm trying to go in it like open-minded and all this. I think it's nice. I just think it's, you know, it's like not original and it's like kind of dorky, but it's nice. It's a little, yeah. It's nice assuming they actually live up to those precepts. Right, Which in right. my experience of like a lot of religious people I've met in my life. My experience with a lot of Star Wars fans is no. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. I've met like people from every religion who are like extremely loving and extremely yep. compassionate and like really follow the precepts of the religion. But like Star Wars fans though? Yeah. Like I feel like it's all going to fall apart the second they hit on a girl and she rejects them. <laughs> like, Screw the tenets. I'm going to. I'm a Sith now. Right out the window. So. There's a three tennis, there's the code, there's the creed, there's also 16 teachings, I'm not going to go through them because they're long, there's also 12 maxims. Um, that, see, these lists of like the 12 this, the 16 this, like that is very, very Buddhist it, in my experience yeah. too, they have a lot of lists. And a lot of these are pretty similar, so like, I'll give a few, for example, prowess, to seek excellence in all endeavors expected of a Jedi. Wait, that is literally, I think, literally from a Buddhist I thing. think it literally is. I literally remember that from when I used to go to meditation. Humility, to accept the ego for what it is. Okay, sure, sure. Also Buddhism. Yes. Discipline, to let the self be sole master of the self. Okay, yeah. Also Buddhism. Also, yeah, like, <laughs> like this is, I mean, it's great, like, they're, they're, they are taking really good things, but it's still, they're taking them from elsewhere. Yeah. And they're getting tax-exempt status. Yeah, like, to do it. Now, I will say, I they do post their, their financials every year. I was able to find their 20, 2018 financials, and they only have like sixteen hundred dollars in their PayPal account. So okay. they're not like not like so rolling it's not dough. Like a massive scam. Or <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just they, no. they, gotta, keep, they yeah. gotta keep the lights on at the website. It's, it's so. no Scientology. Is no. what you're saying. Not now, a scam on that level. Now, if you want to learn more, you can. You have to become an apprentice. So you apply for the website. You, you get on the message board. <laughs> literally, yep, yes. Literally. You post a bunch, and a master might take interest in you. But but only if you have a really sick sig. <laughs> Yeah, it's you gotta have, have like the best signature with like a gift. You gotta go on cooltext.com. Like, absolutely. Get the flaming words. So Master of the Temple take you under their wing and teach you stuff and kind of like be your, your mentor in this Jediism stuff. It gets crazy though, the higher up you go, because uh to be a knight, you have to earn an associate degree of divinity. From an accredited divinity school? Or from the Jedi. But they're not accredited. No, it lists very clearly this degree is not accredited. To become a senior knight, you have to get a bachelor degree of divinity, and to become a the highest level, a doctorate degree of divinity. Are these free? I hope they so. They have to be. They've only got sixteen hundred yeah. dollars in their account. I mean, they can make some money, but yeah, I think they're free. I think <laughs> they, they're, they better be. Yeah. Now, the more you learn about this, the more you're like, this is kind of like a real religion because there's a clergy. They yeah. have a synod that determines their 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 like 
path of the church they have a council that is like the leadership of this thing okay i mean like yeah now they have a proper organization now i was doing some research too though there was there's an older groups of jedi back in like 2007 2003 or whatever and they were a lot more like decentralized yeah i feel like what this this group is doing is kind of centralizing organized religion yeah which i don't i mean the jedi in the movies i guess are but at the same time should they i feel like if you stay small like a small community and organized religion can work. But as soon as it reaches a certain size, it all goes to shit. I'm not sure if it's at that size yet. Uh, I mean, like the, 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 the organization itself. The individual right. people can still be good. But the right. organization itself. But I mean, like that's my own cynical whatever. You can ignore that. Yeah. Now, working up the ranks sounds like a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say your friends are like, ah, oh, I wish we could get married. Uh, by you. I wish you could officiate our wedding for you. Well, you can get a temporary minister license. Anybody can do that, though. From the Jedi Temple. Yeah, but, like, anybody can literally All get you gotta a, do is email them, to marry and you can become a temporary Jedi minister. I mean, I guess if you're a super fan, then there is some utility. Like, I can understand it. Yeah. I can understand it if you're a super fan. But I, I, I just want to reiterate, like, literally anybody can get a license to marry two people. But the Jedi can give it to you, too. All right, cool. Now, like any religion, there are holidays. Judaism oh, has holidays. Did you know? Okay. Uh, I assume they probably did. The first is called International Jedi Day and takes place on the 25th of May every year. Mm-hmm. Why the 25th of May? It's Buddha's birthday. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure and it's close to Buddha's birthday. This is birthday. called improv. Yes. And yes. it's also the day that, that the first release of Star Wars came out in oh. 1977, May 25th. Okay, so the, the date of Buddha's birthday changes, but it is, like, almost always in April or May. <laughs> Just want to point You're that right. out. And last year when I um, attended Buddha's birthday at the Buddhist temple, it was the 22nd of May, so... I mean, it was also three days before Star Wars came out, so pretty important day. Yeah. Now, this is just a general celebration of the Star Wars saga. I don't know. This is kind of a silly holiday, my, as far as I'm concerned. Now, the next one might sound familiar. It's called Youngling Day or Vocations Day. And takes place on Wait. on the thirty first of October. That was sorry. Wait, uh, it's on it's on Halloween. But why Vocations Day? Vocations Day sounds like incredibly boring. So Halloween sounds dope, and Vocations Day sounds like you're gonna meet with your guidance counselor. So Youngling Day and Vocations Day is for kids to have fun. Obviously, it's Halloween. Yeah, there's nothing more fun than vocations, and it's for adults to consider their vocation or calling within the Force. Like uh... what what is making you want to follow Jedi teachings? What is your what is your role within this? this uh, temple i would honestly rather get drunk and get people's extra candy well it's like that's, that's my <laughs> halloween most years but remember it's a day for us to honor our future and pass on our legacy and traditions right all right sure yep my, my tradition of getting drunk and getting people's leftover candy at the end of a halloween night now another holiday takes place in december they always have to have their december holiday like the, sure life the, day uh, it's not life day i thought it was gonna be life oh, day. it's just wookies though isn't it's it? the temple of the jedi order anniversary day it takes place on a little day uh 25th of december <laughs> wow that's a bold move that is a bold and spicy move they literally put it on christmas they describe it as a day to celebrate the totjo's anniversary but also the community of people who meet here we're one big family and blah 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 blah, blah. are their families gonna be like a little bit pissed Okay. If they're like, sorry, I can't hang out with you guys on Christmas Day. I gotta go hang out with my Jedi friends. I gotta go on computer. <laughs> I gotta. I need to go on message board 
and post happy Jedi whatever day to all my my message board friends. I cannot celebrate Christmas with you. Your grandma's coming over, Derek. You gotta get downstairs. No! I do not care! You don't know how important this is to me! My real family's online, in the Jedi Temple currently. I'm gonna be late! This is just like two months ago when I told you to take your little brother trick-or-treating and you said you had to think about your vacation! (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I took him off for Young Lee Day when I was done. I said I'd consider it a lot. One more day, uh, notable, the Day of Reflection. Any guesses what day this is on? Takes place um, after the day the, of reflection. Takes place after Easter? An, takes place after anniversary day. Is it Easter? No, a little bit, a little bit too late for that. Um, it's, before, it, it's, it's, it's not that long after. Is it New Year's? Well, it's the thirty first of December. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally New Year's Eve. But, but I feel like that's more reasonable because you can be reflecting while you're at a New Year's Eve party with your friends. Now, the description of this one is the most silly to me. Um, maybe you just read this silly to me. Maybe when I say it out loud, it'll sound normal, but... <laughs> that's I doubt very it. very seldom the case. This is a day in which we honor the secular festivity called New Year's Day. We clarify once again in our mind's eye our place in the world and the context we live in. We want to honor that which the Force has made possible. We as a part of history are still moving with the times. Ironically, history is becoming our future. The flip does that <laughs> mean? Okay, like, you had me up until that last line. You had me up until to that last line. It was like... Um, this is a holiday where we enjoy the holiday yeah. uh, that is already established that is known as Christmas Eve, but maybe we do it a little bit mindfully. Also, history is the future, whatever this shit that Ironically, means. history is becoming the future. Ironically, ironically. I don't know if that's ironic so much as incomprehensible. Now, you can celebrate all year long because all year they have a monthly reflection for you to ponder as a Jedi. Okay. So for August, for example, this month, the reflection reads, fickleness yet discipline. You have to think, how can these two things coexist? How can these these vices and these these aspirations coalesce? So it's like a devotion. No, it's a monthly reflection. It is a devotion, though. It's a monthly reflection. Okay. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's a devotion, though. Yep. So that's kind of the basic overview of the religion. I mean, you seem to think it's kind of... uh, it's nice, but, you know, un- unoriginal. Right? Yeah, it's that's how I would sum up my feelings. Like, nice, but unoriginal. They do have a massive forum, since that's where most of the church congregates. Sure. Uh, I pulled a, a few posts I thought were, were, were fun. Did they seem, like, as enlightened as the religion's ideals would lead you to believe? Well, let's see what you think. Okay. Let's start with a post called by, by Zealot X. Posted just a zealot. zealot. Um, that's not such a great name for when you're joining a religion. Posted just a week ago, and this is a story that definitely happened. So I came out to my family at large this past weekend about Jediism. I came out, Jesus I was up in Canada for my uncle's 70th birthday. Ended up having a deep conversation about the Bible and religion and God after we all came back from church. The living was mostly family and friends of the family. I was on fire, answering questions, asking mostly rhetorical questions. People's eyes were opening. One older gentleman even begged me to take his number because of how much he had learned in such a short time. Finally, someone asked, well, what do you believe? To that I said, I'm a Jedi. It was awesome. I know many of us struggle with telling people and what, what to say. For me, I think the best thing was to talk about it as a larger discussion about religion, and if they're receptive to those points, then it might be a good time to talk about Jediism. And then everybody inside Burger King clapped. Well, this really happened to Zealot X. Uh-huh, yep. His whole family thought he was a flippin' awesome. They Oh, he opened an old man's eyes about religion, and then he said he was a Jedi, and nobody laughed because he was so cool. He didn't just mumble it under his breath. After his grandpa started talking about Jesus. No. No, it wasn't something that he thought of when he was going upstairs to bed that night and thought it would be a cool Wouldn't story. Wouldn't have been cool if I said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that definitely did happen. People took his phone number because they, they wanted- they wanted to have more spiritual discussions with him because they realized he was like some kind of guru. He, Zealot X is a, is 
Tell him the truth. Yeah, he is. He's a truth seeker. Yeah, and he definitely is a person who has friends in real life. For sure. For sure. Now, another thread in the, uh, there's a whole thread, there's a whole forum about, like, well-being and taking care of your body, exercising, meditation, that sort of thing. That's good. That's good, good. right? But there's a, uh, they're mostly pretty good. There's one thread, though, called the man thread, a discussion and celebration of masculinity, created by a poster called uh, Obi-Wan Shinobi. Obi-Wan Shinobi. Oh my, first of all, I'm going to throw myself out a window. Second of all, I feel like this is not going to go because 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 there is like a positive way you could do that. Yeah. But I'm willing to bet it's not this. Now, the OP, the original post of the thread is just Obi-Wan Shinobi posting a Rudyard Rudyard Kipling poem about like Oh yeah, Rudyard Kipling. That's somebody who's totally unproblematic who we should definitely About how about. being a man is cool. Uh, a poster called Nakis responded, My father taught me that the difference between men and women was the organs and the W.O. As far as I'm concerned, if you're overly concerned about being a man, then you've completely missed the point. So that's the first post responded to this guy. It's not entirely about the organs. I kind of get what he's saying, right. though. But he's pointing out, like... You don't have to be that obsessed with manliness. You're being a turd right now. Stop. Yeah, yeah. And he was... Obi-Wan Shinobi posted, Now that the obligatory feminist rhetoric has been articulated... Oh! I request future posters, if there are any, lol, not to derail the throw with that kind of nonsense. What if you're not willing to respect the theme of the topic, feel free to not post anything at all. What a shock. What a shock that this turned into an anti-feminist post in, let me see, three posts? Now, what I'll say, though, it's nice. One thing I found nice on this forum thread is that people roasted him for it. Good. He was being, he, like, had to leave the thread because people were roasting him about it. There's, there's another guy in the thread being like, toxic masculinity is a lie, but he also got roasted. Good. Um, one post I thought you might find interesting was by a poster called Ariseg. Uh, he said, my father stepped out of the picture when I was quite young. He came back after a few years, but only physically. Mostly I was raised by my mother, with my sister, cousins, all female, my aunt, and my uncle, who is the definition of toxic masculinity. So I was left with very few role models in my life. So I ended up turning to books, where I discovered Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Oh! To me, he's the height of masculinity. He is strong, capable, dependable, loyal, and a leader, albeit unwillingly. But he's also caring, passionate, openly mourning, kissing his friends, embracing his allies, not afraid to be seen as vulnerable. He can be a tender and soft with who he loves, but also a stone wall to his enemies. He knows when he's quiet and when to charge into with a war cry on his lips. Growing up, he was my hero. The movies only bolstered that image. Vigo portraying him masterfully. Wow! So, tr- wow. so a little bit of connection. I mean, it's almost it was weird how people like Star Wars also like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's weird, huh? Too weird. There's any crossover there whatsoever. I mean, like, I have to say, I, I should definitely give them more, more, more credit because I definitely expected it to be a cesspit of like anti-feminist dude bros. Yeah, I did too. And it is not. It it's- is not at all. I did find a video of people talking about their Jedi beliefs, and it's mostly like this white guy doing Tai Chi in his backyard. Okay, um, <laughs> that's probably what I would expect it to be. Now, one more thing before I wrap it up today. Yes. There's Jediism, right? Yeah. You probably would assume there's the opposite. Sithism, yeah. Sithism does exist. I know. In a much smaller frame than the Jedi Temple, but the DarkLords.com have a description for us about their view of Sithism. Now, okay, you want to talk about like Edge Lords. Yeah. Like, I feel like even more insufferable than people who self-identify as, like, Satan worshippers. 
It's gotta be Sithists. It's now, gotta be. Get ready to clutch your pearls, because this is gonna blow you away, okay? Oh my okay? god, okay, I'm ready. The Dark Lords are the leaders of an intergalactic order of black magicians, dedicated to establishing the evil empire in our time. In their many books, they explore the implications of a universe ruled by the Dark Force, V Diaboli, and the Black Sun. For the individual seeker, cults of the dark side and the whole civilization. I'm sorry, I'm still caught up on intergalactic magicians. <laughs> From the Black Temple, they are unlocking the secrets of magic, and, and that's with the K, of course. Yeah, of course. And Masterminding a new order, a new age, and a new regime of power. Merging metaphysical currents such as Sithism, Satanism, Black Sunism, Diabolism, and Dark Taoism. They're bringing all dark side sects dark on this planet Taoism. under the shadow of their black majocracy. Move over Taoism and Dark Taoism. Dark Taoism is rolling in. Majocracy? That's even better than intergalactic magicians. They follow the primacy of power, the Tao of Darwin, the power of the dark side. The, the su- Tao of Darwin! Yeah, because Darwin was super into Taoism. Darwinism is a moral imperative, according to these dark lords. Oh, yeah, no, these are the worst kind of edge lords. They believe in the Superman, as described uh, by Nietzsche. Oh, cool, because that's not, like, weird and Nazi at all. They also have their own language, their dark speak that they use. Was it, like, freaking Klingon? So the Superman are called Shabruk Togs. Because because the, the the source of the dark side is tugs, and the force it's is called tugs. tugs. It's it's tugs. T o z g g tusk, and it's they have tugs. and they have mind power, which is called huzraka. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So basically, it's Klingon, and their galactic empires would be called Karzak. Okay. All right. They sell books. Oh, I don't. Many many them. books. I don't want to read them. <laughs> See, here's what I find interesting. So the church, the, the Jedi Church, yeah. Jediism, they're like. Yeah, like, it, it is in this movie, but, but we're not actually, like, strictly related to the movie. We're taking, like, the principles of it, like, making our, our own thing, even though it's, like, not really their own thing. It's, like, kind of derivative, but still. Like, we, we've come up with, like, a set of principles that don't have anything to do with sci-fi or space. Right. But, but the Sithism is literally just like, we're magicians who travel through space and dominate life! Welcome to our dark majocracy! We think poor people deserve to be poor! Magic! <laughs> They're really cool. <laughs> they suck so much. So. They suck so much. Like, you know, like, I've, I've said the Jedi is, like, cool, cool, very nice, a little bit embarrassing, very nice. No, compared to this, yeah, they're, like, the least embarrassing thing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not a religious guy. I probably wouldn't join either of these. I'm not a religious guy, but I want the jedi to storm the Sithist compound. And give them wedgies. And give them wedgies. <laughs> yes. I'd rather just join the Gonk religion. Probably. Church well, no, the guys in the Gonk religion, like, you don't eat. You just walk door to door and say and gonk things. die. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not made for organic life forms. Gonk, gonk. <laughs> cool. Do you feel educated? Uh, Is your mind opened? Uh, Do you want my phone number so I can tell you more? Uh, yeah, please. Please impart more of your wisdom onto me. I am your aged relative at Easter. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, Ryan. Well, is it time for our our, our new feature? Uh, yes. The hot, the hot, the hot, the hot, the hottest take. All right, ready? So last time, we actually put up two at once because I was lazy and forgot to post it before. We had a few hot takes posted. Um, the first set that we put up, the first take from Lord of the Rings was that Legolas was a, was a poopy baby who mm-hmm. uh, was a pansy for an elf. Yep. And the other one was uh, Leia wore a thong. Yeah. Underwear chat. Satin thong, if I remember um, correctly. In that case, the Star Wars underwear post 
was the hotter take. Ah, it was a pretty hard to beat hot take. Now the next one, we had another another set of uh, posts here that are dynamite. Um, the first post was talking about how all the extras in Lord of the Rings are ugly. No, not the extras, the main actors. How everybody is ugly. Basically everybody's too Lord ugly of the Rings. or too pretty. And does anyone think Boba Fett's armor looks like it's covered in bird crap? <laughs> People thought that for some reason, they thought that the ugly actors was the hotter take. So, <laughs> <laughs> if we were going for the stupidest, <laughs> like just purely objectively stupidest take, the poop one would definitely win. <laughs> All right, are you ready for this round? Yeah, I'm ready, Joanna. All right, so today's Lord of the Rings hot take comes courtesy of a username Birch Tree. Birch Tree posted Thursday, July twenty eighth, two thousand eleven. Not pretty, that long. Pretty ago. recent, actually. Pretty recent. Compared All right. to some of our posts. So here we go. <clears throat> I dislike Eowyn. She spent most of the time in a depressed mood. Then she steals Theoden's kill. Would have, ninja, ninja loot. Would have she ninja looted Theoden. <laughs> would have preferred Theoden to kill the Witch King. Would also help to show that the Elder Days are ending and the Days of Man have begun. Proving Glorfindel prophecy wrong would simply help to reinforce that. So to sum up, today's hot take is Eowyn was chaosing. <laughs> she stole Theoden's kill. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I have a thread kind of along the same lines as a few other hot takes we've had, but first one from, from my side. Um, it's from the Classic Trilogy Forum on the Forsetnet from May 17th, 2003. Okay. Posted by a guy called Blur. And the topic Blur. is, are the Imperial Dignitaries in Return of the Jedi homosexuals? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm sure who the Imperial... going to be very open-minded and forward-thinking. So, in case you don't know who the Imperial Dignitaries are, they're in the background in the Emperor's throne room, and he kind of, like, gives them orders and waves them around. They look like this. All right. <laughs> nothing about that screams gay to me. So but... they're guys wearing like purple robes and they got hats, but nothing gayer than like, it's no more gay than what the Emperor's wearing, but apparently this guy thought so. It's no more gay than what anyone in Star Wars is wearing. He says, hey everyone, hope I'm not offending by asking this question. Anyway, the reason I asked is because I've always thought the Imperial Dignitaries in Return of the Jedi were homosexuals because of their excessive makeup and their effeminate demeanor. Oh, that's not offensive at all. I was wondering if anyone gay else- people are like women. <laughs> I was wondering if anyone else thought this. I also thought the Emperor was a, was also a homosexual in the way he was portrayed. His behavior toward Luke, but that's not the thread. Okay, so... And like, just for the record, I'm straight. Oh, yeah, you gotta throw that. Because <laughs> otherwise people are gonna be like, um, are you gay? Yeah. Okay, so I've said before that, like, I am supportive of any and all headcanons when it comes to, you know, like, LGBT, but but I feel like there is a wrong way to do it. And, yeah. and this guy's found it. Now, there's a worst way uh, responded to the thread. Uh, a guy called Doc Vader, and by, like, two, 2019 standards... It's like wrong on, you know, it's just... It's just wrong on a lot of levels, is what you're saying. But for 2003, it made me laugh. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, this is like one long sentence, so... Okay, all right. I'm bracing myself. I also thought they looked gay the first time I saw the movie, and to be honest, I agree that the Emperor looked homo in the ROTJ. Amaze me is how much 2003 <laughs> sucked. It was a bad time. 2003 was the worst. Like, literally, the whole four of us. I think these fictional characters look gay. <laughs> Bro, I also think they look gay. And the Emperor look homo. <laughs> I hate it. I hate the internet so much. So, guys, go on our go on our Facebook and tell us which take is the uh, is it that Eowyn ninja looted Theoden? <laughs> or that the Imperial Dignitaries and the Emperor, by extension, are homo? They look gay! <laughs> they look gay as I'm hell! I'm just saying they look gay! 
gay. I'm straight, by the way. They I'm gay. straight, by the way. I'm not gay. There's nothing gay about me. If you think I'm gay, then you are certainly mistaken. Yes. I just think they look gay. Just saying. Hope I don't offend anybody. So go on our Facebook. Put your vote in. Which take is the hottest? Again, which take is the hottest? Which one is like, wow, that's spicy. That's a spicy take. Give your vote to that. Yep. Um, what's Lightsabers Precious on Facebook. Our webpage, whatslightsabersprecious.com. Needs to be updated. Needs to be updated. It's been a little while. Uh, uh, we'll get on that. Our SoundCloud, our iTunes. Well, not iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Um, <clears throat> you can read us up. Uh, check us out. I'm not going to talk more about it because you've heard it before. And we'll be back sooner than last time because we're not going to be in Japan this week. That helps. Um, so we'll talk to you soon. And um... Take a stand! <laughs>